Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. So why don't we let sin reign in our mortal body? It's because we've been immersed into Christ. We've been immersed in his death. It's because we've been immersed in his resurrection. And therefore, we've been given a new life and we're new people. Romans chapter 6, we want to discover some spiritual truths of what the resurrection means to us. You know, the one thing that people, hey, listen, real close, and we talked about this a little bit Wednesday night, and on Wednesday nights we're going through the book of Hebrews, and it's just, and we just, we've been parked in Hebrews chapter 9 and 10 for the past few weeks, and it really relates to, to, to the promises and to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But you know, if, 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 if there's one thing that all of mankind really understand, and that's the need of forgiveness, can we have an amen with that? You know, I, I mean, you know, I've trespassed and you've trespassed, and we understand that, you know, the one thing that man really, really needs and really tries to find, and when they get to the point to where, to where they can find it in Christ, they have found something that gives to them eternal life. And, you know, um, we, when we look at this cross, and, 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 you know, that cross symbolizes, you know, the reason that Jesus gave his life and that he was arrested um, after the garden, and he was arrested, and he was tried, and he was found guilty of crimes, of our crimes, of our sins, and he was hung on that tree, and of course, he died for our sins, and, and again, each one of those cards represent not just a sin, but it represents you, and it makes it personal that he died for us, and so we understand and we see that the one thing that all people need, man and woman, is they need to have the freedom from the guilt and the shame and the residue of sin. And you know, we receive that when we are joined together with Christ in his death. Everybody say amen. Now, and and follow me on this and, and take notes and I, I I want us to get this and this is a this isn't gonna be one of those soft sell sermons this morning. This is gonna have some some biblical value to it that's gonna hopefully um, get you doctrinally sound in what you believe because I believe that when you know what you believe and why you believe what you believe and it becomes a spiritual thing to you, it'll drive you to participate in that relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you get it? And so we're not talking about something mystical here, okay? And, and I'm not talking about some fantasy of some kind or some empty hope when we talk about the resurrection and we're talking about being in his death and his resurrection. But instead, we're talking about something, listen, that is factual, that is historical, but most of all, it has implications that are spiritual to every one of us. And we're going to see what it involves in what Paul talks about in Romans chapter 6. Look with me at verse 1. And he says, he says um, and I think this is really emphatic here, and he kind of says, what shall we say then? And of course, if you take the context of chapter 5 and you roll it into to chapter 6 verse 1, and he says, what? He says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? You get that? He's saying, do I just get to sin all I want and, 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 then, be, and then sin's just, then grace is just going to abound more? Well, we know that's what happens. And we know as Christians that when we're in Christ, that, that when, we, when we 
begin our relationship with Christ and when we bow our hearts and we ask for forgiveness that we become one with Christ and we know that after that that we sin we know that grace abounds everybody say hallelujah and that is the truth but should we sin more just because we're saved anybody why and that's the answer that Paul gives here in these verses why why don't we just have the liberty to sin all that we want and do what we want and lust for what we want and to live the way we want to? Why? And so Paul answers the question. And I think in verse 1 and 2, we see some great implications of how sin relates to us, but also how we relate to sin and how God sees that sin in our life. Everybody look at me for a minute. See, back in the Old Testament, sin was never removed. It was only just covered. And so... And so it could never be removed and perfectly forgiven until Jesus Christ came. And so Paul is telling these people that, look, sin may exist, but because of what I did for you and when you put your faith in me, I've removed it. So you don't have to sin anymore. And we're going to talk about here in a minute of how we can do that. But look with me at verse 2. It says, may it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Because the sin is removed from us. So how can we still be in it? And there's a doctrinal issue there, and we'll talk about it here in just a minute. Look at verse 3, and here, and here we go. Or do, you, or, or do you not know that all of us who have been, here it is, here it is. And this is, this is why he's saying that you don't have to sin. And this is why saying that sin doesn't abound in us anymore is because something happened. It wasn't just covered, the sin in our life, but instead it was removed from us. How, you say? And Paul says, the Holy Spirit says, or how do you know that all of us who have been, look at it, baptized into Christ Jesus, have been baptized into his death. Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died, what does it say? Is freed from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, what does it say? He lives to God. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Some very wonderful verses, and I'd like for us to start at verse 3, if you would, please. And I'd like to give us uh, three reasons and, 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 and three realities of what the resurrection does for us spiritually. So write that transitional statement down. What does the resurrection do for us spiritually? Number one, we see it in verse 3. 
Number one is that it immerses us into Christ. Now, I, I want us to get this, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to get really excited this morning. I just want you to know, and because this is, this is, this is good stuff, and we've got to realize this. Hey, listen, every day as Christians, as born-again believers, and today we're celebrating Easter, and it's that one time a year we call Easter, but remember, we're, we're to be celebrating this every Sunday. <laughs> That's why we do it on the first day of the week and not on the Sabbath day, which is the seventh day. We should be doing it not just every Sunday, we should be doing it every day because this is what Christ has done for us. And the first thing, the resurrection means for each one of you, and this is how we can die to sin. And this is how we're to, to look at sin and look at living for ourselves because number one, it, the, the, res, the resurrection, what it meant for us is it immerses us into Christ. Now, do we understand that? Uh, look, look at verse 2 for me real quick, and I want to, I want to, I want to show you something. I want to teach you something. Um, it says, do you not know that all of us who have been, what? Say it. Baptized into Christ Jesus. Now, when you see the word baptism or baptized, here's what your mind does. Is it, is it goes right to thinking about water. Am I right? We, 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 we see that word baptized, and our brains have been trained to say that means water. Now, I want you to recognize that 80% of the times that this word is used in Scripture has nothing to do with water. And, and in this verse also, it is not in the context of water. Water baptism is is. Is, is an outward sign of what's that we do of something that happened to us internally, and that's what this verse is talking about. So when it says that we were baptized into Christ, that word baptized is here's what that word means, and here's how it should be translated in all your Bibles. It should be the word immersed. Now, do you know what that word immersed means? That word here's let me just use it in a sentence, and I think it'll get it to you because this is what it is. And I want you to get it this morning that because of the because of Jesus Christ, He came to this world and He died, and He took our sins and all that, and He and, he, and the resurrection. Number one, it means that we are we were immersed in Christ. And that word immersed, and here let me let me use it in a sentence. Um, um, and 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 moms, you, maybe you've said this before. Um, kids, don't bother your daddy; he's immersed in his work. Right? Now, don't laugh. Some of you are laughing like, who, my dad? No way. But, uh, but, but that, what does that word immersed mean? It, it, and your kids laugh the most, Sean. I don't know why. But, um, but, um, but, uh, but you, you get that word immersed, you know. Um, okay, parents, here's, here's how it is. And so, Sean, you can get back at Zachary, okay? And so um, um, your kids are on the couch, and they're watching TV. You're playing a video game, and, and, uh, and you're speaking to them. You're talking to them. And you say, you say, Zach, take out the trash. And he's just, you know, zombied out watching television or playing a video game. What's happened to, 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 to your kid? He's become immersed. What does that mean? He's been that that environment has taken him over and he is immersed. He is giving full attention and 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 he's plunged that and that it's what it means, plunged into whatever he's doing. And so in this verse, 
in verse 2 or verse 3 where it says that, that all believers are immersed with Christ, it means, here it is, everybody, and this is the awesome part, that we've been plunged into Christ, and Christ has been plunged into us. Everybody say amen. That's what that means. Hallelujah. That's what that means, that we've been immersed. We've been, we've been, we've been plunged into Christ, and Christ has been plunged into us because when we got saved, the, the Bible says it was, we were baptized with what? We have been immersed with what? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what? It's God. It's Jesus Christ. It's the third part of the Trinity. He now lives within us, and we've been immersed with that. And that's what that means. So, number one, we have been immersed with Christ. Now, Paul says it this way, and uh, I don't have this verse of scripture up there for you, but he says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And then he says, for to me to live, he said, is what? It's Christ. Why? Because I've been immersed. You've been immersed. The resurrection has allowed us to be immersed put together, plunged together as one. So the whole immersion means that we have a living Christ dwelling in us. There is a change, and we have been immersed in Christ. Look at this one up here, 1 Corinthians 6, 17. It says that he that is joined to the Lord is what? One spirit. You see, that's the immersion, immersion there. Galatians chapter 3, verse 27, it says, For all of you who are immersed into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. We have been put together. Now, when you become a Christian, Christ comes to take up residence in you. You are literally immersed into Jesus Christ, and that's why the Bible says you better be careful. Listen close. You better be careful how you treat other Christians because how you treat another Christian is how you're treating whom? You better be careful how you treat your fellow Christian. You better be careful how you treat everybody because how you treat a fellow Christian is how you're treating Christ. Your husband, wives, kids, got to be careful. Remember what the Bible says? It says, if, you, if you've done it unto the least of these, not my children, remember what Jesus said? He said, you've done it unto me. He is inseparable from his people. So the resurrection of Christ means that we're immersed. Number two, number two, as believers, we are immersed into his death and his resurrection. Now, back in verse 3, he says, Do you not know that all of us who have been immersed into Christ Jesus have been immersed or baptized into his death? Now, we're talking about a spiritual reality here, folks. When you were joined to Christ, now listen close because this is what it does for us. This is, this is what it means for us spiritually. When we talk about the resurrecting uh, Lord and he resurrects us and that we're in with him, it, it means the spiritual reality is, is that we're joined to Christ in his death. He died in your place, so in effect, it was your death. The Bible, we know it says that each person, it says that there are two deaths. There is the first death and there is that second death. But Jesus, we're all going to have to go through, through dying of this, of this world. We're all going to pass through this first death. But Jesus Christ took the second death for us. So that none of us would ever have to. And so what that means for us is, is, that, is that because when we give our lives to him, then he is taking our death so we don't have to, to die that second death. Now, 
When we were converted, we were literally immersed into the, into the death of Jesus Christ. His death was applied to us, and so we died. We died. And it's, a real death took place. Now look at verse 4. Not only did we die, but therefore it says we have been buried with him through the immersion into death in order that as Christ was raised from the dead, that's the resurrection, through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. Look at verse 5. For if we become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall be also in the likeness of his, what? Resurrection. Resurrection. Now, you're getting to the heart right here of the resurrection. It's not just a historical event. It's a spiritual reality. So when we think about the resurrection, we think about that great historical event, how it applies to Christ. But look, his resurrection applies to us. And I have this little thing on the screen for you here. It's not just something we look back and believe in. It is something in which we participate. You got it? Hey, listen. When we, we, we come here on Easter morning and, and we come here to church and we live our lives and, 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 and we're not just looking back at, a, at an event and applauding the Lord saying, boy, the resurrection was great. But if we can really understand our salvation and what it means for us doctrinally and what it means for us positionally, we can understand that we are a participant of that resurrection. Right, everybody? That, that his resurrection is our resurrection. It says here in these scriptures that we were immersed not only into Christ, but also into his death, but also into his resurrection. And we're to participate in that. When we died, when he died, because God counted his death as it was ours. And we rose when he rose because God counted his resurrection as if it were ours. He didn't need to die for himself. Can I have an amen out there? Again, he had no sin. He didn't need to be buried and to raise again for himself because it was for you. This, this whole resurrection thing, it wasn't for him. It wasn't a popularity thing for Christ and God. It, it, it wasn't he didn't want to come and show that he could do it. He, he come and did it because he knew you couldn't do it, and he came to, to do it because he loved you. And so when we understand that, that we participate in that, it should, it should, it should give us a passion and a heart for living for him. And, and again, we go back to verse 1 and 2. And because of that positionally, we shouldn't want to sin anymore. We shouldn't want to live for ourselves anymore. We should want to come to church, and we should want to participate in those things that, to love God. Amen? So when Paul says in verse 2, we died to sin, he's talking about this death in Christ. He's not saying we're dead to sin because I don't know about y'all, but I get tempted every day and sometimes I give into it. I'm not dead. To, I mean, I'm not dead to sin having an effect on me. I, that's not what Paul's saying here. He's not talking about the state of it. He's talking about an historical event. That when Christ died, I died. When Christ rose, I rose. When he died, my sins were paid for. When he rose, my new life has been guaranteed. Amen? 
That's the spiritual meaning of the resurrection. Now notice, since we are in the likeness of his resurrection, look at verse 5 and, the end, and, and also the end of verse 4. What does it say? We walk in the newness of life. The reason we don't just say, well, I'm a Christian and I'm under grace and God has forgiven all my sin and he's going to keep forgiving, forgiving it until I die. So I'm just going to have to, so I can just sin like crazy and, and, and really enjoy it. It's because we aren't who we used to be. Do you understand that? We, we've been given a new identity. You know, um, you know here's a person who, um, who has a problem with cussing. And they know it's wrong, and they know it doesn't glorify God, right? Here's another one um, that they they have tithe that they're not giving um, to the ministry of the church, and they know that that's a sin against the Lord, anger and selfishness and judging others and being spiteful and lost and um, um, pornography, lie. Uh, they don't have patience, um, gluttony, um, unrighteous anger, envy. I found my name up there twice, by the way, Pastor. I don't know what that meant, but um, <laughs> yelling at, at my kids, yelling at my husband, um, not giving enough of myself and time to the Lord. You see, the, those, those are the old person. And, and look, we're all going to struggle with those things, but, but I, I want you to understand the spiritual significance of the resurrection and remember that when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, that you become um, a new person, right? You become a new person. And, and, and when these things come to us, we have to remember that while we're not dead to the state of sin, Spiritually, we are dead, and so we are to mortify and put to death when those things come our way. It takes a lot of discipline, right? But we also understand that when we do do these things, that God does forgive us because of what Jesus Christ did for us, because we, were, because we are been immersed in his death and also in his resurrection. You know, sometimes I say to people... Um, you know, um, when I invite them to church or talk to them, you know, um, um, about the gospel, I talk to them about the gospel, and I've, I've heard this before, and they say, well, you know, becoming a Christian means I have to stop doing everything I like and start doing everything I don't want to do. Anybody ever heard that before? Anybody ever said that before? I did. I remember the, the pastor who led me to the Lord, and, and then he would say those things, and I'd say, uh, you know, I, I just want to do this, and I, I don't want to do that. I remember, and he, would, and he just had so much patience with me. He would say, okay, well, you know, just know we're here and we love you. And it wasn't long, you know, that um, as, I, as, as after I got saved and I grew and I started understanding things that I'm, I'm a new person and, I, and my desires changed, you know, they just changed. But when we talk to people 
you know, that's pretty typical. Um, you know, you know, I mean, I, I, I want to do what I want to do. I want to feed my lust, feed my flesh, do what I like to do and do what feels good and fulfill all my longings and passions and desires. And what they kind of think that, that, if, that if they become a Christian, that they have to stop all that and go to church and read the Bible and pray. And those things don't interest them things at all. And, and, you know, I understand that. But the point is, listen close, when you become a Christian, your interests change. That's what that scripture is saying, because our position in Christ, you see, there's a responsibility to participate in that position of Christ. Then all of a sudden, what, what we used to hate, we love because you aren't who you used to be. Hey, everybody, we're just about done. Do we, do we get that? All of a sudden, what you used to hate, you now love. Why? Because you aren't who you used to be. I, I used to cuss like a, like my sister. <laughs> Where's Adam Townsend at? <laughs> Stand up real quick. <laughs> All right, sit back down. He was in my truck, and my dad was in the hospital, and my sister, and I love her to death, and she listens to my sermons on the, on the Internet. So here you go, Karen. I said her name. But I had Adam and his daughter Gabby in my truck, and we were going to go eat some Rex again. She threw out the F-bomb and the D-bomb and the S-bomb, and I mean the whole nine yards. And I'm sitting here trying to get, the, trying to get it off. Of, I, got the, I got the phone hooked up to my, to my car, and I'm trying to turn it off. And <laughs> but, you know, uh, you know, I thought I enjoyed cussing, you know, back then, you know. Then hearing my sister, I don't miss it a bit. But, but, but I was so embarrassed. But, um, but you know, I, I did. I, I cussed like that when I was, you know, and and you know, and, and then that desire changed. And, and what changed was is because I'm, I'm a new person, and it's all because of what the resurrection did for me. And that I and I and I realized. And it and sometimes it's a little progressive, but but you know, we have to come to the place where we surrender, cornerstone. And when we say, I, I'm in that position, I'm, I, you know, because you are a new person. You know, right now, some of you may be holding grudges against somebody, and you think you have every right to, but because you're in Christ, you don't have no right to. You have no right to do that. Your only right is to forgive those who trespass against you. That's your only right. You know why? Because you're in Christ. Husbands. And wives, I love this because, you know, when I got married to my wife, you know, we were plunged to be one. That's what the Spirit says, right? Um, we're, we're, you know, and, and the same thing with our relationship with Christ. We're, we're one spirit, you know. Um, that's just an awesome position to be that Christ is in me. Look at point number three, and this is it. And, and, and this is it this morning. But let me just say that... Um, Christ Calvary was my Calvary, and Christ's resurrection was my resurrection, and I am one with him, and, and I am not what I used to be. And I hope that you can say the same thing. Now, I, I was just, because sometimes things come to mind. I looked over at my daughter, and, um, and you know, um, my daughter has never, you know, going back to that cussing thing, she's never heard me say a curse word. You know why? Right? <laughs> you better lie. Um, <laughs> you better lie. But you, but again, I just want to go back. You know why? Is because 
because I'm a new person in Christ, and, and we're new in Christ, and it's all because of the resurrection. If it wasn't for the resurrection, we couldn't say that we, we couldn't have that historical value of it. We couldn't have that fact of value, but it is a fact. It is a fact. We are, we are, we are, we are new people because of, of we've been buried in his death, and we have been buried in his resurrection. That means we have been immersed. We have been plunged. It is part of us. Christ dwells in us through the Holy Spirit. That's what that does. All right, final number, verse 8. Look at this real quick, real quick. Um, we live with Christ. Now, look at verse 8. For if we have died with Christ, have you died with Christ? For if we have died with Christ, and, and we understand what that means. We, we, we just talked about it. And then if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. We understand what that means to a degree. We just talked about that a little bit too. But look at what it says next. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Hey, just give the Lord, just give the, hand, the Lord a hand. He never has to die again. And, I'm, I'm, you know, what that means is that we can't lose our salvation once we get it. All right? He, he, you know, we don't, we, we, if, if he doesn't have to die again, we don't have to die again. Whew. That's a relief, yeah? So death no longer is the master over us, and that's what that means. Nor is it over us. Now, look at what it says. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, here it is, he lives to God. Now, let me just pull all that together into one simple statement, and that is we no longer live to sin we live to God. And that is what comes out of verse 1 and verse 2. And then you have verses 2 to 7 explaining, and then verse 8 is saying, here's why. Because we, know we, we no longer live to sin, we live to God. And that's the final point. So now as we are inseparably linked to Jesus Christ who lives to honor, here it is, who lives to honor and glory of God, so do we live. We are driven to honor God or we should be driven to honor God. We are driven to serve him, to love him, to worship him, to praise him. We should be driven and purposed to know him. And he closes this passage, this passage in verse 11 with just an exhortation. Look at it. He says, even so, reckon or consider yourselves to literally have died to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. And that word to consider or reckon in the King James simply, simply means to reason it. It means to affirm it that it's true, that you're not what you used to be and you're not who you used to be. Listen, as believers, our flesh is still going to want to do stuff. But what he's saying is because of the resurrection, because you're baptized into his death, because you're baptized into his resurrection, you've got to reckon those things. You have to, to perceive it as not to be there anymore. And that's where most of us fail right? But when we consider our position, then we can certainly consider it. We can certainly affirm that it's true and understand that there has been a dramatic change in who you are. Come to a settled conviction about that. Why? Because then you'll understand your salvation. Then you won't have needless fears and doubts. Here it is. 
then you don't think yourself a victim to temptation, the world, the flesh, and the devil. Then you don't worry about somehow losing what you've gained in Christ. Then you won't fear temptation because you realize that no temptation will come against you that you're not able to handle, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. You say, well, how do I know if I'm on this side? How do I know if I've really died and risen again? And here's the answer. It's by the heart's desire, by the passion of your heart. Listen, if you're driven and consumed constantly by the need to fulfill your lust, then that's evidence that you never died, that you never, that you never surrendered your life to him and understood that when you surrendered to Christ, that you were immersed into Christ and that you were immersed into his death and that you were immersed into his resurrection. But on the other hand, if you have conviction in your life about those things, if your passion and heart is about the things of God, then the same is true. Then you know that you've died and you've died and you've been placed with Christ. So I'm not sure where this finds you this morning, but I do want us to look at just two more verses of Scripture and look with me at verses 12 to 13. And God gives us some great application here about these whole verses. And we'll read those together and we'll close. Here's some great practical advice about our position in Christ. And so God says, so then, well, wrong chapter. He says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. So why don't we let sin reign in our mortal body? It's because we've been immersed into Christ. It's been because we've been immersed in his death. It's because we've been immersed in his resurrection. And therefore, we've been given a new life and we're new people. So he's saying, and his advice to us is, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lust. And do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness, of righteousness to God. Father, we love you this morning, and we thank you for the word of God that we have. And Lord, we thank you for um, coming to this world and, 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 and dying in our place. We praise you for the power of God that rose you from the grave. We, we, just, we just thank you that that veil was rent of the Holy of Holies and that no more is, can man just have an external relationship with the, with, with the Father, but now we can have an internal relationship and Lord, we, we know this morning that, um, that when we give our lives to you, that we change. And that when the Holy Spirit comes to live within us, when we're baptized, immersed in, with your spirit, and we share your death, and we share your resurrection, that our position changes. And we understand that we need to recognize that and to live to be like that and that all changes are possible with you and only through you. 
And we know this isn't something mystical, and we know it's not something of empty hope, but this is historical, and this is factual, and that this is how it spiritually applies to us. And Lord, we just, on this Easter morning, we thank you again and praise you for the resurrection. But this morning, we just understand how the resurrection spiritually applies to each of us. And may we leave here um, um, understanding of that fact and that we leave here um, surrendered to do whatever it is you would have us to do. And that we're not led just by our flesh, but that we're full of the Holy Spirit living for you because of the resurrection. We love you and we just pray that if there's someone here that's never been saved, we pray, Lord, that you'll save them this morning, that you'll just convict their heart, and, Lord, that they won't care who's sitting around to the next of them, and they won't care about lunches in 15 minutes, and they won't care about what people might think or judge them about, but they'll come here and freely receive the gift of grace through Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for the Christian that that sometimes we forget about our position in Christ and we become more led by our, our lusts and our old flesh than we do the new person. Lord, I pray that you'll just refresh them this morning and, and just call them back and, and just to repent and, and to enjoy your, your great blessings again, Lord. We love you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, stand with me, please.